Hey, hey, it's Friday night. You going to head out in the town? Not yet. Give us 30 minutes. Disability Law Show is here, and we are ready to educate and inform you, shattering some myths and misconceptions about disability law. And in this case, we're going to talk about car accidents as well, MVAs, motor vehicle accidents, here in just a bit, because uh, it's that time of year. I know. It came crashing down really quickly. We we're hoping to get a few more weeks without the white stuff, but uh, there you go. It's upon us. And we got to deal with it. Savan Tamarkin here, co-founding partner of Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Albert Klein joining him on the show again uh, this evening. So let's get into it, guys. Reaching out, one 821 5900 to uh, reach respective teams anytime. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Uh, there's a couple other things we want to mention throughout the half hour, but I'll give you this one too. Short, easy to read, concise memos about LTD, not in legal speak, it's in layman's terms, really easy to digest and navigate called ltdfaq.ca. That website, of course, is free and anonymous for your consumption anytime, so feel free to mosey on over and check that out. Guys, we want to talk about uh, top three things that people know uh, need to know about their rights if they are injured in a car accident. Savannah, this is a good call, man. Yeah, I know we planned to do this for a few weeks, but your timing could couldn't be more impeccable than it is now. We just had a first snowfall a few days ago. So uh, good on you. I know you want to get into this, right? Yeah, John. I mean, you know, I think everybody here has been hoping for a few more days, even though we have been lucky <laughs> with the weather. But, you know, this is Canada. This is Ontario. We have to expect snow, unfortunately, in November, but it is here. And of course, you know, the first thing that you notice when you go outside other than the snow is uh, people talking about uh, how slippery it is and, you know, drive carefully. You see cars slowing down. Uh, some cars slowing down, some not slowing down. And of course, this is the season where we start seeing an increase, unfortunately, of car accidents. And Albert and I and the rest of our team, we are disability and injury lawyers. So we deal with these kinds of issues each and every day, each and every week and month. And some of us have actually done this on the defense side. Years and years ago, we used to work for insurance companies when people would be injured in accidents or cut off disability, we would be on the other side defending insurance companies. Uh, and, and so one of the things that I wanted to touch on, John, is, uh, you know, what people should know and be aware of now that winter is upon us, now that the bad, you know, bad and inclement weather is here, what you need to know if you are injured in a car accident. And of course, we'll get into other types of things, slip and falls, etc. Again, people don't necessarily know and they scramble for answers as soon as something happens. It's good to be prepared. It's good to know what you're, you know, what, what, what you should be doing other than going to the doctor, to the hospital, you know, to get yeah. checked out. What are the legal options? What are your legal rights if you are injured in a car accident? So let's get into it. You bet. We'll get to the top three anyway. More to come in the coming weeks for sure. But number one, there are certain benefits that you will be entitled to from your own insurance company if you're injured. Now, make sure to claim those if you need them, right? Give me some uh, some details on that, pal. So let's delve into this. And let, but let's take a step back just before we get into specifics. For people who don't know, who've never been in a car accident, lucky you, what you need to know is in Ontario, the legislation that deals with car accidents is different than in other provinces. Every province has its own regulations and laws as it relates to car accidents. For example, in BC, now you cannot sue, or for the, for, for the most part, you cannot sue if you're injured in a car accident. Here in Ontario, you can get compensation from your own insurance company if you are injured. You can get it from your own insurance company, and if your injuries are more serious and severe, Albert's gonna talk about that, you can potentially get compensation as well for your injuries and damages 
from the insurance company of whoever caused the accident. Let me focus though on your own insurance company. This is called no fault benefits, accident benefits. Every person who has a motor vehicle policy, who is injured in a car accident, is entitled to certain accident benefits. I'm going to get to pedestrian, you know, to, to, to pedestrians in a second. But when I'm talking about accident benefits, I mean those benefits that your own insurance company or the insurance company of the vehicle you were in must pay you if, in fact, you are injured and, for example, are unable to work uh, or, or you require medical and rehabilitation benefits, there are certain amounts of dollars of money that you are entitled to from your own insurance company. If you don't have insurance coverage, but you are injured as a passenger in that vehicle, for example, the insurance company of the vehicle you were in is going to have to pay you those kinds of benefits. And if you're a pedestrian and you don't have any insurance, or if you're a cyclist and you don't have insurance, but you were injured by a car that injured you, uh, the insurance company of that vehicle, again, is going to have to pay you certain accident benefits. And the kind of accident benefits that you're entitled to include income replacement benefits. Generally, under most standard policies, if you are injured in a car accident and you cannot work, after the first week, you could be entitled to up to $400 per week. Sometimes it's even more than that, depending on the type of coverage you have. And there's a formula that the insurance company figures uh, to use uh, in order to calculate how much money you're entitled to for income replacement benefits. There are non-earner benefits as well. Medical and rehabilitation benefits, right? If you have certain injuries and you need to go to a clinic to get physiotherapy, uh, um, whatever, massage, chiropractic treatments, you could be entitled to certain medical and rehabilitation benefits, and it depends on the severity of your injuries. That's what dictates the level of compensation or the level of reimbursement that you're going to be getting for those benefits. So for example, if you have what's called a minor injury under the, under the minor injury guidelines, usually we're dealing with sprains and strains, you may have up to $3,500 in those kinds oh. of benefits for medical and rehabilitation. But if it's beyond the minor injury guideline, let's say non-catastrophic, Okay. Let's say you broke a bone, you suffered a mal-traumatic brain injury, other types of things. There are other types of categories. You could be entitled up to $65,000 of benefits for medical and rehabilitation. And there are other types of benefits too, attendant care. Uh, you know, th th there's a whole slew of them, uh, John. And of course, when you're dealing with catastrophic injuries, which we do, we, we deal with as well, you know, the limits are much, much higher than that. So, you must understand that if you're injured in a car accident, other than getting checked out, you need to understand that you're also entitled to certain benefits from either your automobile insurance policy for your vehicle, or if you're a passenger, or if you're a cyclist, or a pedestrian that was injured because of someone else's negligence, uh, meaning that another car hit you, right. the, the, insurance co the insurance company of that vehicle must pay you those kinds of benefits. And that's distinct from the other legal claim that we're going to get into now. I'm just talking about benefits uh, that you're entitled to, whether or not you're at fault. Again, we're talking about top three things people need to know about the rights of their injured in a car accident. This is new material we're covering on the show tonight. So, so listen up and stay tuned and always feel free to reach out afterwards. Number two, if your injuries are serious and per, uh, possibly permanent or chronic in nature, right, you could be owed significant compensation from whoever caused that accident. Albert, give me some details on that. Absolutely. Thank you, John. And so the nice thing is that when you are involved in an accident or a car accident, I should say, you actually do have two means of recovery. Accident benefits, which Savannah just talked about, and recovery from the driver that injured you. And so if you've ever heard the word tort before, that's exactly what this is. 
And so generally speaking, there's a number of categories of recovery that the driver that injured you has to compensate you for. And generally speaking, at law, the driver that hit you is supposed to put you back in the shoes that you would have been had the accident not happened. Of course, that doesn't make sense. We can't undo the accident. We can't take away all of your injuries, but that's generally how we're looking at it from a legal perspective. And so what that means is you can obtain recovery for pain and suffering. You can re- you can obtain recovery for your medical and rehabilitative expenses that you've incurred in the past and that you're going to need in the future. You can obtain recovery for your income loss, both past and whatever you we anticipate that you might need into the future. Housekeeping, the list goes on. The point is this. There's a number of different types of damages which the driver that hit you is supposed to compensate you for and you need to know you need to know that these are available to you and you need to make sure that you start a legal claim as soon as possible so that we can help you get all of these uh, heads of damages there's one more guys i want to get into number three this one's uh, pretty important as well savan information is power you've said that in so many different cases you should call us or call you guys anyway as soon as possible to understand your rights or else risk missing out on compensation you are owed just based on what you were talking about guys over the last 10 minutes there's so much there that most people don't even know about right absolutely john and one of the things we tell people is you can speak to us for free we're not going to charge you a cent for any of this we're going to give you your options we're going to tell you what you can do what you need to do and then you decide how you want to proceed we'll make recommendations of course we can do this by phone we can do this by zoom we can do this in person it doesn't really matter the key is for you to get the information you need and we have websites of course uh, that you've mentioned john you're going to continue mentioning where people can go and get this information some people end up trying to do things on their own. They think, I don't need a lawyer. I don't need somebody who uh, perhaps says that they know what they're doing. You know, I don't need to, to deal with them. I can just go at it by myself. Here's the problem with this. And I'm talking now as someone who used to work for insurance companies. Insurance companies prefer that you don't get a lawyer who knows what they're doing because it's easier to pay you less because you don't know what your compensation should be. I'm not just talking about accident benefits, but when we're talking about the tort claim that Albert mentioned, you know, John, I've had accidents that I've dealt with on the insurance side where the claim was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, but because the individual themselves didn't know what they were doing or they hired a lawyer or a team of lawyers that this was not their specialty. They weren't really doing car accidents and personal injury and disability regularly. They were doing everything else. They were doing real estate. They were doing criminal law. They were doing family law. They didn't really know the ins and outs of the law as it relates to car accidents and to personal injury. They lost out on a lot of money because I was able to run circles around them. So it's really key to understand that this information is out there. You also want to make sure that the source of your information is accurate. There's a lot of information on the web. A lot of it comes from the States. A lot of it comes from websites in Canada. But again, remember, uh, not not all the laws, the laws in the various provinces are not the same and territories are not the same. The laws in BC are different than Ontario. The laws in Quebec are different than every other part of Canada. So we're talking about the laws as it relates to injury claims in Ontario. This is what we deal with here each and every day. It doesn't cost anything to speak with us. So So please give us a call and we'll talk to you about your situation. With that, we'll take a, a quick break and get right back into it. In the meantime, reaching out one eight five five eight two one. 5900 and help at disabilityrights.ca. Stand by. Lots more coming up. And we're back. Disability Law Show Friday evening. Hello. You want to reach out? Now that we're done, almost done anyway, you can get out after this, but stick around. More coming up. Your email might be uh, answered right here. Help at disabilityrights.ca and one eight five five. 
821-5900 is the way. As mentioned, emails, guys. I'll throw this one towards you. Uh, Savannah Sean writes in and says, Hey, guys, my mom was injured in a car accident a few weeks ago. She was taken to the hospital, released. Uh, they said she has bruised ribs and just needs to rest. She was feeling a lot of pain the following week, so we went to the family doctor. Took some more x-rays and determined her ribs were fractured. The doctor says it could be a few months before the injury heals. I was just wondering if she uh, would be eligible for any compensation from the insurance company and how to best go about getting that. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, f- I'll field this one. So, Sean, first off, thanks for emailing in in, uh, uh, in regards to your mother's unfortunate accident. Sorry that she was involved in one. Uh, but absolutely, you definitely are entitled or she is definitely entitled to compensation from the insurance company. I mean, we, we just spoke about a lot of this, but... Uh, generally speaking, she should be looking to her own insurance company if she does drive and if she does pay for her own insurance to get accident benefits. And these are going to help her get medical and rehabilitative expenses if she's working and uh, she's, she's suffering a bit of income loss. And it's a little bit more immediate. And so absolutely, she should reach out to her own insurance company. She should have reported the accident as well. And they can hopefully help her obtain medical and rehabilitative expenses, some income replacement benefits, and other accident benefits that she might be entitled to. Otherwise, and it's an important point to make, she absolutely should be looking for recovery from the driver of the, or the insurance company of the driver that uh, ended up hitting her. And the point is this, and you made a great point, she's not actually starting a legal claim against the driver that hit her. She's starting a legal claim against an insurance company. And so it's not going to be the person that uh, ultimately hit her that's paying for it. It's an insurance company. And this is the very reason that we have insurance. So absolutely, she's definitely eligible for compensation. It's unfortunate that she has some fractured ribs. Hopefully she recovers soon, but she should be speaking to a lawyer as soon as she can. Good email right there. We're going to move on. Uh, Savannah, this one's for you. We got uh, Nancy's up next. Here we go. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, for uh, pardon me. Thank you for this wonderfully helpful information. I didn't think I would need any of it, but it seems like my son now will. He's 28 years old and works at a grocery store full time in the meat section. He was out earlier this week with his friends, and it was really snowy outside. He lives in Mississauga. They were crossing the road when a car slid as it was trying to stop for a red light. It hit him. He was knocked over and was unconscious. The ambulance took him to a hospital, and it seems that he suffered several fractures. And a, uh, and a TBI. I'm very worried about him. He's still in the hospital. Is there something we should be doing now on the legal side of things? We have the information for the driver that hit him from the police. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, this is a definitely a serious case, obviously, Nancy. Very, very sorry for, for what happened to your son. You know, John, she mentioned TBI, uh, and I think it's MTBI, which is mild traumatic brain right, injury. Right, right, right. So not only did he suffer several fractures, but there is a potential traumatic brain injury, and he's still in hospital. So this could this could very well be a catastrophic claim. We have to see, obviously, what happens with him and how, you know, if he gets better, what kind of help he needs and all that. Clearly, he's not going to be classified under the minor injury guidelines. And Nancy, what we need to do right now is we need to actually chat about everything that needs to be done and what kind of help he needs. Because if it is catastrophic, that's going to open up a lot more boxes with uh, the insurance company of the vehicle that hit him. Now, 
Uh, Albert touched on this in terms of uh, what happens with those accident benefits and now that he has a potential tort claim, uh, Nancy's son. You know, you can have a situation where you have a pedestrian who's struck by a vehicle. The pedestrian doesn't have automobile insurance because they don't drive, let's say. So where does the person get accident benefit? Where do they go for those tort damages, the additional compensation for pain and suffering, for future income loss, uh, other help that they may need? Maybe Nancy will need to now help him at home. Well, guess what? In Ontario, under Ontario law, if you're injured, your family members under the Family Law Act, under Section 61 of the Family Law Act, are potentially entitled to compensation as well. We call those derivative claimants because those kinds of claims derive from the uh, main claim uh, of the person who is injured. Uh, so this is really, really important to understand that we, we really need to uh, look at this holistically. Now, with injury claims, we often need to give it a little bit of time to see how the injuries evolve, to see the, the impact, the full impact of the injuries and whether the person heals and to what point. In cases like this, unfortunately, in many cases, when you have fractures, when you have traumatic brain injury, we see people getting treatments, they get better, but they plateau at some point. And so the question then becomes, once they plateau, if they plateau, what is that delta? What is that difference in terms of their ability to do things for themselves, for work, for others, uh, comparing that the way they are after the accident and the way that they were before the accident? So for example, if Nancy's son was working full-time at the grocery store, and after this accident, maybe in a year from now, he'll be able to go back to a part-time job, and that's going to be you know, the permanent state of affairs, that he will not be able to work full-time ever again, as an example. We need to retain certain experts on our end, if we're handling this claim, to be able to quantify, you know, the, the losses just on the income side of things. And, and then, of course, we have to look at the other types of damages. And again, Albert talked about those. You know, when we're dealing with injury claims, again, whether it's uh, car accidents or slip and falls, dog bites, any type of injury, in Ontario, we have to look at what are the co uh, categories of compensation. There's pain and suffering. There is income loss, past and future. Uh, sometimes there is a loss of competitive advantage in the workforce, which is a subset of income loss, right? The person may be able to go back to work, but they're not, they're not as competitive as they were before because of their injuries, the permanency of their injuries. What if there are out-of-pocket expenses that they're incurring now? What if there are rehabilitation medical expenses? I don't know if her son, for example, has health benefits through work. So he's entitled to certain accident benefits, but let's say those are not enough. Let's say he needs other benefits. Let's say he needs a caregiver at home. Uh, and, you know, who's going to pay for that? Again, these are all things we have to look at when we're dealing with a very serious case like with Nancy's son, but also in other cases, even if it's not as serious, you know, an injury that you may not think is very serious may be very serious to the individual who's suffering it, right? You can have a uh, concert pianist, you know, that broke uh, their pinky finger permanently, and now that's going to affect that person's ability to earn a living as a concert pianist. I'm giving an extreme example, but my point is different injuries affect people differently, whether you have a sedentary job or whether you have a physical type job, factory, or w whatever it is that you're doing. So really important to understand. The last thing I wanted to mention here is this as well. Uh, when we're dealing with injury claims in Ontario, the first question we generally ask is who caused the accident or who was at fault? Now, it doesn't mean to get compensation doesn't mean that the other side had to have been 100% at fault. You can have degrees of fault. It could be a 50-50, 30-70, 60-40. Okay, as long as whoever is that caused the accident is somewhat at fault, their insurance company must respond to the claim.
and most likely will pay some kind of compensation to the injured individual. Uh, but in that particular instance, we're always asking who is at fault and can we prove that that person is at fault, right? If you have somebody going through a red light and hitting someone, well, then our proof is that this person went through a red light, assuming we have witnesses, we have a police report, the person was charged, etc. In a pedestrian versus vehicle situation, the law is actually a bit different. We don't have to prove that the car driver was negligent. It's presumed it's, an, it's a reverse owner situation. If you're a pedestrian or a cyclist, for example, and you're struck by a car and you're injured, you don't have to prove under Ontario law that that person is actually negligent. They have to disprove that they are. It's a reverse onus. Why? Well, uh -huh. this is what you know the government has put in place for many, many years. It makes it easier then to get compensation from that insurance company of whoever struck Nancy's son. So this is really important to understand. Again, this is something that if you don't do this, this kind of law on a day-to-day -day basis or you're not familiar with this, this, this legislation, you wouldn't know this. And so it's really important to go to a lawyer, again, this is what we do, who understands the nuances of injury law in Ontario because you do have a lot of these nuances. It's very fact-specific. Uh, and what I will tell Nancy here is that, again, clearly your son is severely injured. We need to make sure that we do everything that's necessary right now early on so that there are no mistakes down the road and that your son has the best chance of recovery, not only on the medical side of things, but has the sufficient funds and the money that he requires from the insurance company of whoever struck him. So, you know, John, we can get in touch with Nancy after the show and make sure that we explain to her, uh, to her son, to, to the family as a whole, what their options are, what they can do, what they should be doing. And that way they'll be informed, they'll be empowered, and they'll know what options are available to them. Nancy, really appreciate you uh, chiming in on the show today. That was uh, That's well done for sure. I want to get to Stephanie's email, guys. Short and sweet, simply says, I'm on LTD for mental health issues now. Uh, now I need to have surgery. Do I have to tell my LTD insurer about this surgery? That's a great question. Great, great question, Stephanie. And generally speaking, I mean, I, I usually advise people to be as honest as possible when it comes to dealing with your insurance company. You don't want to be caught in a situation where it looks like you lied about something and they use that as grounds to cut you off of LTD benefits. And generally speaking as well, the fact that you're dealing with multiple issues, now both mental and physical issues, is that actually going to help validate your claim and make your claim a lot stronger, meaning tougher for the insurance company to cut you off down the road. If they know that you have an impending surgery or that you're obviously dealing with physical issues that are necessitating surgery, then they also have to factor that in when they're considering whether or not they think you can or cannot work. And of course, if you cannot work, whether it's due to mental health issues or whether it's due to physical issues, you should be paid LTD benefits and plain and simple. Savannah, anything to add? I, no, I, I think you're completely right. I'm always an advocate of honesty is best, but I will tell you, and Albert has seen this countless times before, John, insurance companies just try to find any which way, every excuse under the sun to cut people off or deny the long-term disability claims. We see this obviously on the injury side of things, but also specifically on the disability side of things. Short-term, long-term disability, we deal with those kinds of cases. Uh, throughout the country, really, not just in Ontario. Uh, and we do see insurance companies taking unreasonable positions. So Stephanie, 100% I agree with everything Albert says. I don't think you have anything to worry about, spe specifically since you're dealing with mental health issues and that's the reason for your disability. But if you encounter any issues whatsoever, please, please email myself, call me, 
Albert, any one of our team members, and we will be more than happy to advise you and to, to tell you what needs to be done, again, for absolutely free. Guys, excellent work, and thank you so much for sending your emails in the show tonight. You can begin your weekend. Now that you have this knowledge, always reach out, as Savannah said, one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email we go to every time. And there's also mydisabilityquestions.com, a free and anonymous website for you to ask your questions as well. It's got a searchable database too, so have a look at that. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Disability Law Show.